0: Just go to
1: Cards.com. It's magical. My Dogs by Nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonia Seven, and you're listening to The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature. This Sunday, the Buffalo Bills travel to the south of Lake Erie to take on the Cleveland Browns in a one o'clock start. To help us get ready for that battle with our brethren from East Erie, we welcome Drew Gear to the program. Drew Gear is a lifelong Bills fan, as well as a season ticket holder. Drew, welcome to Dogs by Nature Radio. Hey guys, I'm Drew Gear, host
2: of the Rock Pal Report podcast covering all things Buffalo Bills. We are the hardest working, hardest drinking podcast, I'd like to say, in the universe. And you can find our podcast on pretty much any one of your major podcatching apps.
1: That's an incredible introduction. It's great to have you on the show. So without any further ado, let's get into it. After eight games, did you imagine that you would be 6-2? Did you imagine that you'd be able to reach that 6-2 plateau without Corey Coleman or Zay Jones? What do you envision for the second half of the season? It's funny. It's funny. At this point in the season,
2: I am i don't know what to think anymore. Because when you look at the way the schedule is laid out in front of us, you did kind of have a suspicion that this Bills team was going to be capable of taking advantage of weaker competition. And at the same time, you were kind of hoping, and I think the Patriots game week four, is really what got everyone's hopes up. You know, you're still lost to the Patriots, but you go in thinking, okay, we know what this team is. They're a highly competitive team that can take one of the highest scoring teams and just ground their offense. And then the bottom falls out and you get shellacked at home by the Eagles. And now nobody knows what to think. I mean, genuinely speaking, for me personally, I expect, I, I guess they're exceeding my expectations because I assumed that by this point we would have lost a game that we should have won in traditional Bills fashion. As far as doing it without playmakers, guys like Corey Coleman, Zay Jones, honestly, I don't know. It's hard to know. Our offense is such an enigma, even at this point in the season, that I don't know who actually matters here anymore. I don't know that there's a specific player outside of John Brown who actually makes this offense run in one capacity or the other because every week it's something different. It's someone different who's coming in and making an impact. For the second half of the season, This is the Wild West now because you've seen your team play, you know, down to their competition week one against the Jets and then somehow pull off a miraculous win. You've seen them beat teams like the Giants, who clearly you have them outgunned from a pure talent perspective. Same thing with the Washington Redskins this past week. Then at the same time, you've watched them play a team like the Eagles, who have a lot of talent, but have just underachieved and get completely blown off the map. In the second half of the season, I think you're going to see a little bit more up and down from the Bills. I think that they're going to be. I think that their fortunes are going to vary a little bit in the finish to this season.
1: Even at six and two, I think is going to be wild. Well, I'm definitely surprised at the record, and I know some of my dogs by nature brethren are surprised as well. Particularly a vocal majority of them, which were diametrically opposed to the selection of Josh Allen. So <laughs> why don't we get into the Josh Allen talk? First, was this the guy that you wanted in the build-up to the epic 2018 draft class? From here, it looks like he is an incredible fit in Buffalo. What's something that you appreciate now that you might not have when the pick was first announced?
2: (laughs) You want to talk about Josh Allen. Out of all the quarterbacks in the 2018 class, Josh Allen was the one that I liked the least. I was a Josh Rosen guy. I loved his pocket accuracy. I loved the fact that he seemed he seemed like a guy who had some arm strength, who had some just inc- incredible accuracy from the pocket, which is what it takes to win in today's NFL. Now, obviously, he didn't have the strongest arm. He wasn't the most mobile. But he just seemed to have something that none of the other quarterbacks did. And I'm, there was a lot of pundits out there who agreed with me, who had Josh Rosen as their quarterback one. So I'm in Jamaica It's the night of the draft. My wife has conned me into going to Jamaica to an all-inclusive resort for one of her friend's destination weddings. To tell you that I wasn't happy is an understatement. So, the night before the wedding, she wants to do a rehearsal dinner. And we go out to the nicest Italian restaurant that's on the entire resort. Why are you eating Italian food in Jamaica? I have no idea. So, I have my wife's phone, and the agreement we made is that I will come I will come to this dinner, but only if I can watch the draft while it's happening. I won't bother anyone. I'll leave you all alone. She gives me her phone and I'm at the end of the table. Just everyone else is making small talk, enjoying their evening. and I'm just watching the draft. And the pick comes up as the waiter is bringing me my probably second glass of white rum on the rocks. If you guys are ever in Jamaica, don't bother with the mixed drinks. Nobody likes a hangover. You drink the rum straight on the rocks. It's the best. It's best tasting. You're gonna feel better about it. It's, it's a great way to go. He's setting my glass down as the pick comes in, and I kind of grab his apron because I, 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 at that point, I needed somebody to hold my hand. I needed an adult. And I see the word Josh scroll across the bottom of the ticker, and I get so excited because I think that they got my guy, Josh Rosen. And then I see Allen, and I see Josh Allen walking up to the p- and. I immediately told the waiter, I need three more of these. Now, this is three fingers of liquor on ice. And he looks at me and goes, three more fingers. I said, no, three more glasses. And I proceeded to just slam the glass of liquor in front of him. Fast forward to two o'clock in the morning, because now I'm apoplectic. I'm I'm beside myself. No one can talk me off the anti-Josh Allen ledge. I drank so much so quick that I didn't even know we drafted a linebacker named Tremaine Edmonds. I didn't even know that happened. At 2 a.m., I'm nude on the balcony of our room, the top floor of the resort, nude with a beer in each hand, and my wife yelling at me, telling me, you need you need to put some pants on, you can't be out there naked. And I guess my response was, Josh Allen's our quarterback, pants are irrelevant, nothing matters, my life is over. So it's funny to take a look at where I came from that night to where I am today. When you look at that class as a whole, and you see the things that Josh Allen does well, I think one of the things that he's finally finding his groove in is his short to intermediate area accuracy, and it's caught a lot of teams by surprise, especially early on. You know, you'd think to your, his the deep ball that he was making all the highlight reel plays with hasn't been there this year, but we're getting by on offense because he's he's proven to be fairly accurate in that you know zero to eighteen yard range to the point that. He he and Cole Beasley and John Brown, those guys, he's made them impact players for our offense. I mean, it's, I I guess that's something I didn't appreciate was the fact that his, and I think the thing, if if you want to talk about something I really didn't appreciate about him before, when they talk about having a mobile platform, being able to throw off the run, you watch guys, that's what's killed Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen can't throw on the run. His accuracy in college dropped to 40% whenever he had to do it, and it got worse in the pros. Baker Mayfield has struggled to do it here at the pro level. When you ask him to bail out, and then as he's running, read a coverage, but keep his feet planted, or at least under him, so that as he's scrambling, he can still deliver an accurate throw. Well, Inland has such a good platform and such arm power that when you combine those two things, He can roll out. You saw it this week against the Redskins, even though our wide receiver didn't catch the ball. Scrambling, rolling to his right, he throws a laser on the run directly and it hits his wide receiver 19, 20 yards downfield directly in the hands. That's something that I guess I didn't expect from him and I I didn't appreciate, but I, I, I sure as
1: hell appreciate it now. Wow. After a pretty auspicious beginning, I'm glad you finally made your peace with Josh Allen. Well, with that, we'll take a quick break. Our guest on The Opposition's Position is Drew Gear. I am your host, Delonia Seven, on Dogs by Nature Radio.
3: Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, Welcome back to the opposition's position on
1: Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Alonia7. We're here with Drew Gear of the Rock Powell Report. Drew, let's get into the next question. It's been a couple of years since you've traveled down I 90 to visit your brothers on the North Coast. 11 years ago, Phil Savage said if we didn't like his moves, we could go root for Buffalo. Personally, I can't help but feel a kinship for your franchise and for the Bills Mafia at large. Is the feeling mutual? Furthermore, does it seem like you're getting slighted by coming here as a 6 and 2 underdog? All
2: right, that's what this is one of those questions that I'm probably going to hurt a lot of your listeners' feelings. First of all, Kinship with your franchise and Bill's Mafia at large, those are nice things. I appreciate you saying them. Here's what I'll say. The feeling is very much not mutual. I hate everything about the Cleveland Browns, but there's a reason. I don't hate you individually as fans, I hate you collectively as fans. Because you're the thing that keeps Cleveland there, which keeps them in the AFC, which keeps them as a part of my life, and the Cleveland Browns have done nothing but make my life miserable the buffalo bills the analogy i like to use the buffalo bills and the cleveland browns when they get together it's like godzilla and mothra in the fact that yeah it's 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 a spectacle and all it does is leave frustration and a lot of upset people in its wake i mean think about it when these two teams get together nothing good happens nothing when's the last when's the last competitive game you guys remember us having was it the i don't know the game where both of our quarterbacks went out with knee injuries and <laughs> within five minutes of each other and backup quarterbacks had to finish the game? Was it the game that ended 6-3? 6-3! And the only reason it ended was because, I mean, think about, think about how long that overtime could have gone on for if our punt returner hadn't fumbled, resulting in the third field goal of the game. I think at halftime of that game, one of our teams had 12 yards passing. When these two franchises get together, it's an abomination. It's an insult to what American football is. It's the type of game that soccer fans from around the world point to and say, Who roots for this game? Who roots for this game? (laughs) So, with that said, I think I hold a bit of that against Cleveland as both a city and as a fan base. And in terms of getting slighted by coming to Cleveland as an underdog, I don't think at this point I can even, being an underdog, I, I, th- I feel, in my bones, I feel like we're an underdog no matter who we play, because I've been a Bills fan and a Bills season ticket holder for too long. I've seen too many games, being favored, not favored, it doesn't matter to me, because I'm scarred. I've seen games where we were favored to win by 17 this season, and we are lucky to have escaped them we could have ended up like the Jets this past week playing Miami spreads mean nothing I just want to win of
1: course they don't really mean anything I'm still just kind of shocked that people are putting money on the Browns winning a game at home where they haven't won once all season you know I'm really sorry to hear that you hate us uh, here in Cleveland but the way he described it that sounds like that little brother hate (laughs) and if that's what it is I hope you hate us even more after this Sunday's game so Coach McDermott was the one that the analytics guys wanted in Cleveland, but somehow we ended up with 3-36-1. Now, how good has McDermott been in Buffalo? How do you think he has put his mark on that team?
2: Sean McDermott has come in here, and I really do believe for all the things you know, people want to talk about, the Bills are still mediocre. You see a difference in this football team more so than any other coach that we've had over the last decade. And the th- I guess the thing that, that means to me, it's not even so much just saying it because a lot of lip service and things, you, you, you know, buzzwords, uh, character, and that he's building a, I don't know what you, what's the tangible term you want to use for it? Building a culture is another one of those buzzwords people throw around. I think what McDermott is, is he is the antithesis of Rex Ryan, which is exactly what this franchise needed but he's a smart guy, he's an analytical guy, and he genuinely believes in people. People over a lot of different things. And so where you end up with all that, I know, again, that sounds like a lot of just buzzwords, and you know, they're sentences that don't seem like they mean a whole lot. On a tangible basis, what we saw with McDermott was he came into this team, and then he and Brandon Bean our GM who was signed shortly after McDermott because of his connection with him from Carolina. They started immediately paring down our roster, getting rid of anybody who didn't buy in. If they didn't didn't think you were good for us long-term or they didn't think that you genuinely wanted to be here, their mentality was, we will find a way to win without you. And that's what they did. And in that first season, they hemorrhaged a lot of talent really quickly. And people said, oh, the Bills are tanking. And then we went to the playoffs. But there's things inside of there that you see. Like when the Bills were five and two and then hit a brutal three-game stretch in 2017 where we were getting blown out by more than 30 points in every single loss. And Sean McDermott came out and finally said, look, I haven't been a good coach. I've made a lot of incorrect decisions, but we're going to fix it. I believe that the locker room believes in me, and I'm going to go out there and we're going to be better. And then they followed that three-game stretch up when every Bills fan thought the season was over. Here comes the, the traditional collapse. They righted the ship and they put themselves in playoff contention and luck bounced them in Last season you saw a team that was getting ragdolled by people and then they went into the, the you know they went into a game against the Colts and got blown they got the doors blown off of them and you go into that thinking here's a coach who probably knows this is a throwaway season knows that hey listen we're just trying to learn you know our team purposely shed cap space and did all these things so that we could build off of it and instead he came out in front of the media said look I understand that we haven't been the team that we needed to be but we're gonna fix it I give you my word we're gonna fix it and the very next week we went to New York City and blew the doors off the Jets blew the do- with a backup quarterback Matt Barkley who'd only been on the roster for two weeks and then Jacksonville came here to Buffalo And there's a toughness about these guys. When a team punches you in the mouth, both literally and and figuratively, this team has learned how to punch back. And in a game where, you know, the game doesn't mean anything for your over, you know you're out of the playoffs already. And yet you came back and manhandled the team that, I don't know, they brought some grit, they brought some sandpaper, they brought some cheap shots, and you handled them decisively on your home turf. That's what Sean McDermott has brought to this franchise is a quiet toughness. Not a Rex Ryan, I'm gonna brag and beat my chest and tell you all the things that I'm gonna accomplish because I'm a tough guy. Instead, it's being quiet and just grinding people. Grinding them down to nothing in front of you. That's what Sean McDermott's brought to this team. And I, I gotta tell you, it's it's a breath of fresh air.
1: I'm feeling the pangs of true jealousy right now. So before I say anything I'm going to regret, we'll take this quick break. You're listening to The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio.
0: Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta and Apple. Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned.
3: I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild.
0: Listen to our solo acts mini-series now in the VergeCast feed. Anywhere you find podcasts.
1: We're back with Drew Gear from the Rock Powell Report. Drew, I love the footage of you and the Bills Mafia breaking into the playoffs thanks to the Bengals' last-second heroics. I know there's been talking, but how serious is the playoff fever among the faithful? What does this team need to do most to improve its chances? Well, yeah, who doesn't love... Okay, there's one thing I will say about Bills Mafia.
2: Our fan base may not be the smartest when it comes to the analytics of football, when it comes to X's nose... But we're fiercely loyal, and we know how to party. I mean, once upon a time, we went down to Carolina, I think two seasons ago in 2017, and we drank most of their bars out of beer. Multiple, multiple, multiple bars in the Charlotte area reported they were just out of alcohol because the Bills fans showed up. So yeah, we're gonna party. We're gonna throw down when there's something we're celebrating. With that said, this year I I gotta I gotta tell you for being a six-win football team. It doesn't feel like that here. It doesn't feel like that, I'll tell you why. Everyone is looking at our schedule and saying, well, they're not for real. Well, they're not for real, and when they play more difficult opponents, they're gonna crumble, because I think part of it's just uh, kick dog syndrome. You're just waiting for it. You're waiting for the inevitable collapse, despite all the evidence the team has given you that they're at least a different team from those that have disappointed you in the past. With that said, I look at what we have to do as a six win team. Football's tough okay right now we're sitting we're tied with wins for the second place team in the AFC but the playoffs still aren't guaranteed we have multiple difficult games a team like the Steelers who everyone wants to count out with a backup quarterback and without some of their best playmakers. They're still a four-win football team, just two wins behind us. So you look at it, and I can see where people aren't exactly feeling rosy about it yet. I mean, people are confident, but it's not overwhelming. And, the thing that, and I think the thing that fuels that has been the state of our offense. It's Josh Allen's a rookie. He's in his second year, and I'm sure you Browns fans can kind of commiserate with me on this. Our teams haven't scored enough points. Not on a week-to-week basis to where I can point to and say you are a legitimate contender or that I can trust you from one week to the next to go out there and give me a chance with your offense to win a football game. The Browns have had their troubles. I think they what four games this season. You guys have only scored 13 points. The Bills aren't far. You guys are just a rung or two below us in terms of scoring in the NFL. That's how bad both of our offenses have been. But the difference has been our defense has been able to turn the tide in games, keep them close enough that even an anemic offense can win a football game for you. So with that said, there's a real fear here that if this offense doesn't get turned around over the last
1: eight weeks of the season, this whole thing could absolutely slip away from us. Trust me, Drew, you do not want that. (laughs) Okay, uh, before we close this show out, I wanted to get your uh, feelings on this upcoming matchup. How do you think this game shakes out? What are the stories going out of this game? And uh, who do you think wins? My prediction? Well,
2: this is what I've seen. And I know I sound like a terrible Bills fan when I say this, but what I've seen is that the Buffalo Bills, their record so far this season against desperate teams. And by that, I mean teams that came to you trying to prove something. Trying to prove something to themselves, whether it's trying to, you know, whether it's a team that's trying to stay on the, uh, sus- get back on track after an embarrassing loss on primetime TV to prove that their season isn't over and they can still contend in the NFC, or whether it's a Dolphins team that's just trying to prove that they're not as bad as everybody wants them to think. Because let's face it, GMs tank, executives tank. You, you specifically build a machine to fail. Players, guys who go out there and lay it on the line, blood, sweat, and tears, who, who go out there and put their bodies in jeopardy every single day to play this game, they don't tank because this is their livelihood. It's their passion. It's the thing that they know. The fact that you almost lost to that team and you did lose to the team that felt like it had to prove something. My question is, what's going to happen when you, go into, when you go into a game against a team, from the Bills' perspective, go into a team, their house, where their coach is under fire, their quarterback is under fire, their biggest playmakers have been widely criticized by both the local and national media. The sky seems like it's falling, but these guys are all hardworking athletes. They're passionate. They've got fire to them. They're going to have the biggest chip on their shoulder to come out in that game and prove that all of this outside noise is just noise. And that, in and of itself, is wildly dangerous. Especially to a team like Buffalo that hasn't proven that they can just take a team and put them away. Our Our defense is good enough to keep us in every game, but our offense isn't good enough to truly run away from anybody. And so given that, when I look at this, the story coming out of the game I hate to say this, the story coming out of the game, in my opinion, is a field goal victory by the, by the Browns and the fact that Freddie Kitchens hasn't lost this team and that Baker Mayfield isn't as bad as, and as broken as everybody wants to give him credit for. I have a feeling that both teams are gonna go out there, they're gonna fight hard. Because it's a Bills and Browns game, it's going to be a disaster. There's gonna be some ridiculous things that happen that wouldn't happen in any other football game of the week. But it's going to happen because it's the Bills versus Browns. Mark my words, there's going to be at least two ridiculous plays. Two not-top-10 moments are going to come out of this football game, I swear to God, because that's been my history with them. And ultimately, I genuinely
1: feel like this is the Browns game to lose. I'm picking them to win. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. The Jets are the only team who've come on this show and predicted a loss that makes you the second. The Jets were right. Let's hope that you are too, Drew. All kidding aside, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to make this contribution to Dogs by Nature Radio. Uh, do you have any parting words for us? I appreciate you guys having me on, and I I, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it and that your listeners took something
2: away from it. I'm Drew Gear, host of the Rockpile Report podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Rockpile Report. And you can find us in any of your podcatcher apps. We do stuff from all over the AFC. We have a series of guests that'll just, uh, they're they're incredible. Our podcast is growing every single week. And I, guys, just, I love talking football. And I'm happy that you gave me the opportunity to talk about this tonight. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks for the story, the analysis. Thanks for everything. I had a great time making this episode. Well, with that, we'll put this one in the books. Our guest was Drew Gear from at Rockpile Report on Twitter. My name is Thelonia 7 This is The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio. Take care.
2: This episode was supported by Reddit for Business. You want the right attention for your business, but you don't know where to get it. It should be a place where people actually take the time to engage with your ads. Why not try Reddit? They seem to have the whole engagement thing down pat. With over 100,000 communities, Reddit users are some of the most active online. Meet your potential customers where they feel most at home, with 90% of users trusting Reddit to learn about new products and brands. Just go to redditforbusiness.com slash vox to learn more.